When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, Matt Cable. Or uh, I, you were introduced to me as Staff Sergeant Matt Cable. So uh, give us a little background on your time in the service, and then afterwards you've gone through some uh, a couple of like shitty situations. So let's hear about that. Few hurdles. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, joined the military, uh, actually the, the Air Force, in 2011. Um, I actually joined the National Guard, and after uh, tech school, um, you know, I came back home to Great Falls, Montana, and I pretty much went right to active duty. Uh, I was on Title 10 orders uh, most of my career. Um, so after about two years um, on National Air Force Base, I uh, then was diagnosed with uh, AML leukemia, and that's a cancer in my bone marrow. Mm-hmm. So I went to my first round of chemotherapy. And I, I, I fought as hard as I could. I ended up actually on life support uh, with complete organ failure. Um, battled back. I uh, woke up about 18 days later um, and I'd lost about 60 pounds. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember, you know, looking in the mirror and just telling myself, you know, just got to work. Got to keep, keep moving forward each day, you know, one step at a time and uh, it'll all come back. So that's what I did. You know, I... I didn't necessarily feel sorry for myself. I kind of just, uh, you know, uh, accepted the fact uh, that this is one of my hurdles that I'm going to have to get over and sought my way back. Um, fast forward about uh, five years. Um, I actually uh, appeared on um, and competed on the television show, The Titan Games with uh, Dwayne Johnson. Mm. And... I've heard of that. I've never seen it before. Is it like uh, American Gladiator, but not quite so cheesy? <laughs> I guess. Kinda, yeah. So it's like it's like modern day, modern day, like you know, this day and age, uh, American Gladiator. Uh, it's really cool. You know, you uh, compete against others, but instead of like hitting people out, you know, off, you know, with 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 sticks and stuff, you're mm-hmm. kind of you're doing um, um, different ob- obstacles. 
<clears throat> and that can vary from multiple. They they had a lot of obstacles, especially season one, season two. They both were they're all so, so different. Um, but yeah, after I, you know, got the call about competing on Titan Games, I was I was honestly very very happy uh, that I was I was going to be able to show showcase my story to the world. Um, you know, to give uh, others inspiration and hope. Uh, that was kind of the biggest thing for me. And then, you know, the competing and, and meeting Dwayne Johnson kind of just came as a plus, obviously a big plus. Um, but uh, after I competed, I then uh, went on pre-deployment orders and soon deployed overseas in 2019. Mm. Um, while I was deployed overseas, uh, about, about four months, uh, I actually relapsed and my cancer came back this time with vengeance. Uh, so I was actually immediately met back back to the States. So I was a Walter Reed for about, um, about 40 days. And, and I actually had to fight really hard through the med board to even stay in the military the first time around and to then deploy overseas. So I fought really hard, um, you know, to be able to finally deploy with my team. And I finally was able to, and <laughs> I relapsed while I was overseas. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, at Walter Reed, we I was there for about forty days, uh, trying to get back into remission. And this time, they had to hit me with even harder chemotherapy because it's, you know it's my second time around. So my body's used to chemotherapy, and we wanted to make sure that we killed the leukemia ASAP so I can, you know, get on to now you know further treatments. Uh, so I ended up getting a blood clot in my heart uh, at Walter Reed. So we had to take care of that. Uh, with the chemotherapy, uh, I ended up in remission. Uh, and then after, yeah, 40 days, I then decided I'm going to move to Arizona so I can go do my treatments at the Mayo Clinic over there in uh, North Scottsdale. And while I was over there, I um, went through my second round of chemo. And this whole time, I'm still, you know, obviously in the military and, uh, you know, trying to stay in, going to the med, fight the med board and whatnot. But after the, you know, second second uh, time of uh you know relapsing it was pretty much a you know 100 that i'm gonna get medically retired so but i was at uh, the mail clinic my second round of chemotherapy and i decided you know still kind of you know do my life you know and i went and worked out and i remember feeling very very like sick um i had probably the worst headache i've ever felt in my life and so what chemotherapy does is it uh, kills your immune system you know all your white blood cells everything and so you, if you if you get sick, you're, you're kind of in trouble, um, you know. And so that's what happened to me. I got really sick, and it actually turned into a fungal infection. And it was actually going to my started up here. It was going to my brain, mm -hmm. um, wrapped around my eye. What was it like, meningitis or some shit? I can't remember the exact. Um, I think it might might have been actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was a it was a brutal fungal infection that kills a lot of people who have a healthy immune system, and. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Obviously, I uh, I actually went to the ER. Um, you know, the night that my head started just pounding, I couldn't sleep. I was like literally crying, and I uh, went to the ER that night. And I don't remember much, but they admitted me ASAP, and I was back uh, on life support in a coma, and they had to do was a five surgeries in seven days. Um, I woke up when I wasn't supposed to again, and. Um, I, <laughs> this time it was, the, the recovery was a little more brutal, um, but I was able to, um, 
you know, after about two weeks, I left the hospital and kind of tried to get myself back into shape again because I knew I had a bone marrow transplant coming up. So that's what I did. I did what I could, stayed as healthy as I could, got ready for my transplant. Um, and then finally, um, I, uh, I had my transplant and I was in the hospital about 30 plus days and I came out and, um, this time around, I actually had my wife now, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she was my caregiver and she, she took care of me for shoot. She still takes care of me, but, um, about 200, 200 days, uh, I had to make, you know, I had to make sure I just taking my medication every, you know, every day at exact time. Uh, or if, you know, if I were to miss medication, you know, I, my body, uh, would kill me pretty much. Um, so she, you know, had a lot of pressure on her shoulders, mm-hmm. keep me alive, but she did, did amazing at it. Uh, I'm still here. And so, um, but no, uh, you know, fast forward about a year and my blood still hasn't reproduced, uh, in that, in that year. So I was, I actually went 11 months without my blood reproducing. Um, so like everything went pretty, you know, pretty smoothly, except for the fact that my donor's blood and, and my blood were so different that it just didn't kick over. Mm-hmm. And we were trying everything we could, everything we could, because I was getting, you know, blood transfusions twice a week for 11 months. And so I was taking a toll on my body and we were trying to figure out what the heck to do. We're going through all these different treatments. Um, and uh, me trying to work out was almost impossible. You know, I did what I could, obviously. But man, with, when you have, you know, half, a, you know, half hemoglobin, what you're supposed to as a as a male in their, you know, early, early 30s, um, it, uh, it, it was it, it was rough, but I, I did what I could. And finally, we did this last attempt, attempt before a, literally a second transplant was being talked about. Uh, we did this therapy called uh, plasmapheresis, mm-hmm. and where they pull out um, your, your your blood, and your plasma out of one arm, kick it through a machine, and it kicks out all the all the all this uh, your bad stuff cells, and 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 takes out the old plasma, brings a new plasma through your other arm, and uh, we did that for about a month. And I don't know where my blood started re- started kicking and reproducing. It's almost like it was, almost like siphoning or something. That's yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, it was incredible. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm game for whatever. Let's try whatever. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> fix me, please. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think I've ever uh, heard of that. Kid. That's pretty. Uh, that's that's interesting. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard Very, of that treatment before. Yeah, I I didn't either. I just okay. Well, you know, you're kicking a new plasma and. Um, it was, uh, I think I did that treatment three times a week for maybe a month, month and a half. And finally started reproducing and it was definitely a miracle because then I, I can just tell instantly, you know, I was like, man, I can actually stand up and not want to fall over. You know, I can actually go work out and do cardio now and, and feel good. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I got over that. And then the next, <laughs> next set of hurdles was, uh, I now I now de- dealt with uh, chronic GVHD, so that's uh, graft versus host disease, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, yeah, it's a rejection basically. It's like your uh, the yeah. the uh, transplanted organ is sucking all the life out of you basically. Yep, it's yeah. For example, it's like uh, uh, your 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 new DNA sees your old D- DNA is mm-hmm. foreign, so it attacks itself, mm-hmm. it attacks your organs, muscles, attacks your joints, and so I was now dealing with that on top of you know what I just went through and. Uh, we're trying to figure out because I was trying to work out and my, my body was just stiff no matter what I did, no matter what mobility I was working, flexibility I was working. I, I was always just so stiff. And so, um, I, uh, 
yeah, we're just <laughs> trying to figure out what medication I should get on and, and not be on and trying to wean me off. And, uh, you know, I had to get on prednisone a lot because <laughs> it takes away the inflammation. So that's what it did. Right. And um, I hate it. It's a disgusting drug. So obviously I, I, uh, tried everything I could to get away from it. And, and eventually I did. And, um, yeah, now I, you know, actually, I started taking some, uh, some uh, products from some medication from Transcend uh, HRT, which is the hormone replacement therapy. After everything I went through, you know, it took a toll on all my all my labs, on you know, my thyroid, all my everything. Um, my, my testosterone shot down, and so I actually got when I got my my labs back, uh, my testosterone was medically low, <laughs> really low. It was like one fifty two mm-hmm. or something, and so I got on a little bit of testosterone to help that bring that up to normal level. And since then, I just feel incredible, incredible, because uh, post transplant, you know, I, I had no energy at all, and I just I tried to do what I could each day, you know, being fatigued and whatnot. But I would still get get off the couch and go and do at least an hour or two of you know of working out and training um, at a pretty high intensity. So I feel like I earned you know my rest or you know maybe what I was doing, what my my food, make sure I, I earned what I was eating, and. Uh, um, well, that, I don't think that's something that's unique to somebody going through struggle, though. I think uh, we, we get the cart before the horse a lot when it comes to the investment we make in our own lives, right? So this idea that uh, it used to be a very common idea, um, something that the Stoics talked about, but even as, as recently as the middle of the 20th century, you know, it was like, it's good to go to bed tired. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and it sounds like a platitude or like uh, maybe you're you're suggesting that, being physically tired at the end of the day is somehow helpful for sleep. And, and, you know, there's some truth to those things, I guess. But the reality of the situation is, is that we are purpose-driven animals. And without it, we don't do very well psychologically. You know what I mean? Everything kind of stems from that. Um, Absolutely. So there, there used to be this um, – <clears throat> it used to be a widely held belief that the mind controls the body. And uh, that's not really true to be honest. I mean, most of our research suggests that, well, for example, there's a a psychological study that was done six or seven years ago where um, people who were depressed clinically so and had, you know, low levels of serotonin and and other chemical imbalances were put through these paces with a test and control group. And one group was, um, they were shown stuff that is, I I guess, visually pleasing, whether it's nice stories or pictures or whatever. And then the, the uh, proctor would tell them to smile, like force yourself to put a smile on your face. And the physical act of putting the smile on your face had a larger impact on uh, boosts of testosterone and endocrine or uh, 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 sorry, uh, endorphins than actually seeing something like food or, you know, some, uh, uh, some, a a beautiful picture or something like that. Right. So, Mm -hmm. It's just simply not true that the that the mind only controls the body, right? Like you make decisions, sure, and you can, uh, you know, putting yourself in the right frame of mind and deciding to do that is very important. But this idea that uh, it all stems from the from the brain itself without any uh, physical attachment—that's just nonsense, right? So this idea of earning your rest, I think, is something that people can learn from people like you. Unfortunately, it, it usually is the case that. Folks don't come upon this knowledge or or at least implement it into their lives unless it's some kind of, you know, horrible situation. But, the you know, the reality is that 
there's a lot to be learned there. You know, going to bed tired is probably a good idea. Not going through your work day and be like, all right, I give up for the rest of the day. I'm going to sit on my fucking couch and watch television and do nothing. Because that you're going to feel like shit if you do that. I mean, that's just that's how it works. Yeah, I I like how you said um, uh, we're made for be able to have a purpose, right? So yeah, yeah, always having a goal, a goal, and you know what you want to achieve and and chase that goal. You know, every day, regardless, you know of how many goals you have, <clears throat> it's definitely uh, gives you a purpose. Uh, uh, you know, for your why, on why you're living, why you're here. Because um, I mean, if you, if you don't have a goal or a purpose, like what do you what are you doing each day? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I. <laughs> You know, for me, if I didn't have a goal, I don't know what the hell I'd do. I'd be so bored. Like, well, I would go home and sit on my couch and watch a fucking movie. It's every night. It's like, yeah, this is fun. You know, just oh, yeah, same thing, same old, same old. And it's like, you got to have a purpose. got to have something that you love to do and go and chase it every day. I, I, in my opinion, I, how I no, no, that's absolutely right. Like we've, for the entirety of, of human existence and not just human, but our, uh, you know, genetic ancestors, we've always had the goal. And this is the same thing in the animal kingdom of, uh, just trying to stay alive first, right? And then it becomes we're trying to build civilization and then we're trying to advance within civilization and then we're trying to build up generational upward mobility so our children and grandchildren can advance through civilization. Now we're just nihilists. Like, because, because the systems that govern us, and I don't just mean government, but also you know uh, the attitudes of business and bad actors and then sometimes just the weight of of the system itself uh, sucks. People think that the process itself sucks, but that's not true, right? I mean, that's you, you can't. If you become cynical and nihilistic about advancing, then you're you're not going to. It doesn't matter if you think that you're going to start some or, or try some new strategy where you focus primarily on self care and forget about your responsibilities in the world, and you think you're going to be happy and advance in life because of that. You're a fucking lunatic. That is that's dumb dumb belief. You know what I mean? But it seems oh, yeah. it seems so pervasive, particularly through our generation, and maybe to a lesser degree. I think the boomer generation wanted to have that relief, but things were too tumultuous and they couldn't, so they projected that onto us. And now we think it's somehow, you know, we we've tried to moralize the idea of shutting out the world and focusing on ourselves. When has that ever been appropriate to do that? I don't think like we live for each other. That's why we built all this stuff. It's why we built civilization. Is because we live we live for and depend on each other, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's just that that blows my mind, man. Honestly, it's like the easiest thing in the world to all of human history has been exactly the same, and all of a sudden we think we're so fucking smart that we figured out some new shit. Like, oh no, what we should have been doing? Yeah, definitely. You know, all the great things that have happened in human history would have gotten done if people were just sitting around whining about their feelings. You know what I mean? And it's not the, not to say you shouldn't address your feelings, but that, that, no. that can't be your primary oh, yeah. motivation in life. It just can't be, you know what I mean? And that's why I like, uh, you know, from, we, we have a lot of different types of people in here, but I like having people like you on here sometimes because, you know, you've navigated quite a bit of bullshit and, you know, I wonder on the other side of it, how that's, uh, I guess, taught you lessons and then, how you've reframed your life to find purpose moving forward, right? Because anybody that's gone through this much shit sees the future as a gift. You know what I mean? So it changes, it just changes the way you think. So I wonder from your perspective, what's that, what that's done for you? Dude. Yeah. So 
yeah, just 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 like what you said, uh, I I am extremely blessed to be here. Um, not only that, with everything that I've been through, it has taught me, you know, <laughs> the, the hardship I've been through. I don't I don't think you'll ever hear me complaining about something, let alone my my feelings. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing to talk about your feelings. Like hell yeah, talk about your feelings. Okay, you know, but um, for me, I. I I have a purpose and my purpose I every day I'm doing you know I'm I'm, I'm in routine uh, of of chasing goals uh, a lot a lot of it obviously is fitness related so I'm making sure I um, train every day you know getting better at least one percent every day uh, making sure I'm eating proper nutrition so I can you know live longer for my family. Um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm eating good. You know, I'm eating freaking red meat, you know, meat in general, uh, my veggies, whatnot. And, you know, I should, I enjoy eating it. I don't need to go mm. eat fast food. Just, I did, <laughs> I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. Um, and then I, you know, I, uh, another thing is a, a big goal of mine is to, is to share my story and to help others, um, who are possibly struggling. Um, and to like see my mindset and how I see things uh, and and the world um, to give them maybe a little more strength sure. even even you know and that's you know that's that's, that's a big thing for me mm. I uh, life's short man and <laughs> even even me you know I'm now I'll be 32 at the end, at the end of this month uh, I've lost a lot of a lot of friends mm. and <clears throat> Like you wouldn't even believe her. Like how did how, how the hell they they just die? How how? And then I'm thinking back to everything I've been through. I'm like, and I'm still here. Like, don't waste don't waste your time. You know, make an impact. You know, share your story, make an impact, um, and just live life to the fullest. Honestly, yeah. Isn't it interesting how, um, you know, when we're in our toughest situations, I guess the deepest and darkest. Um, places will ever be it's not it's not always somebody pulling us out that makes things better you know what I mean it, it's it, it kind of feels like you would either uh, that, that that the best way to get out of a situation like that it would be for somebody to come save you but this is not usually how it works you know it usually works when you when you make the conscious decision to turn your pain and suffering into empathy and purpose towards other people. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's, and it, I mean, to the, to the very deepest fundamental level uh, of human consciousness, it works that way. And I think that's because this is the way that we've been constructed by nature, right? Like uh, the world is a dangerous and finite uh, and capricious place to live. And it can be very bad if you don't have a support system around you. And for that reason, we have developed support systems and the people who have been more likely to engage in those support systems and hold them up, uh, have done better. You know what I mean? Genetically speaking and passing on their genes throughout the year. So we have this predilection to help other people. We do. It's, it is intrinsic in almost every human being. I just think people don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? Like if you're a suburban person uh, who's not really gone through a whole lot of personal struggle, it can be difficult to, to 
quantify your life in terms of modern society. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Everybody seems to be having a rough time, but I'm not. So how can, what can I do to, you know, and it, it manifests itself in some pretty nefarious ways, you know, like the virtue signaling nonsense and all that. But I do think the impetus that you're feeling biologically to help other people, like we've got to put, we got to get our arms around that and, and use that shit. You know what I mean? Because we're just wasting it right now. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's, it's funny you say that. So, yeah, support system's huge. So my first my first round, uh, round of uh, leukemia back in 2014, 2015, I had a lot of a lot of support from my my friends and family. Kind of was what kept me going. You know, is just because it was so crazy here in the news. You know that I I had leukemia. Like I didn't even know what it was. You know, I was like, what is that? You know, and um, I, I had to have what and what you know and you know not but not once did I ever think you know I'm gonna die. Like not once I'm, I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna beat it. I'm gonna beat this thing. So, you know, I fought, I fought as hard as I could, I guess, you know, uh, I was in a just per- perfect amount of shape, you know, to be able mm. to fight this thing head on. And, you know, I survived uh, and fast forward, you know, to 2019. And, you know, here's a crazy thing about actually how I met my wife. Mm. Um, are you so going to make a sitcom out of this later on? Like how <laughs> I met your mother? Or is it? I know, right? Yeah. How, how you met? Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's actually a a pretty cool story actually so when i uh 2019 i deployed overseas my episode on the titan games actually aired february uh, 6th of 2019 and so i you know i i knew knew the time and dates of airing you know um l- let alone back here in the states um my wife uh at the time i didn't know i didn't know who this person was right but she was uh battling uh breast cancer so she actually was two days post um double mastectomy mm-hmm. and uh she was, you know, her, she's at her parents' house. They were taking care of her and they were like, Hey, you want to watch the rocks new television show on the Titan, you know, the Titan games. And she's like, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, she turned on TV and the first person you saw was me. And I was off telling my story, you know, how I saw her came leukemia and all this and that here I am now, you know? Um, and she just was instantly just inspired and motivated. And, uh, that, that night, um, I had posted a picture while it's deployed, you know, on, on Instagram. I said, you know, thank you for all the love and support on my journey. You know, I appreciate you all. And she actually, she commented on my, my uh, photo. And so, you know, obviously I went through my comments and see who, you know, who's writing me, whatnot. And I, I came across her and I saw her, her Instagram profile picture. Uh, she was completely bald. And I was like, oh man, you know, so I, I went click on her photo. I was like, wow, this, this woman's really beautiful. So I, uh, I actually messaged her and I said, hey, uh, you're the warrior. Like keep, keep kicking ass and doing, doing your thing. And we, we started talking and, you know, before I knew it, you know, we're talking for the next three months while I was deployed, you know, I was FaceTiming her every day and getting to know her and, um, yeah, just fall for, you know, we, I never saw her in real life, you know, and out of nowhere, you know, as fate would have it four months in my deployment, I, 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 I relapsed mm-hmm. and it, 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 you know, it brought me back to the States and she actually flew from Florida, met me at Walter Reed in the hospital. And that's where I met for the first time. And honestly, since that, since, since that time, you know, she has left my side to be, to be real. And, you know, so when I moved to Arizona, you know, shortly after, uh, she moved to Arizona too. And unfortunately that night is when I had my fungal infection. So she had to see me on life support and all that for weeks, you know, and, you know, I woke up and, you know, put her through all that. 
uh, I, I, yeah, we're dating, um, mm-hmm. you know, but first, you know, when you start just dating somebody and you just met him in person not too long ago and you go through that, like it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And she stuck by me and she literally was my support system through, you know, my, my, my second round of leukemia and my transplant and kept me alive. And, you know, um, after everything she's been through and then I've been through, we actually were just blessed with a, with a son. He's now 11 months old. Um, on the fourth of this month, so what, four days ago, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just you can say I'm very blessed. Um, you know, life has been very rough, but once you get through that, you know, the 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 cursed part of your life, it then becomes a blessing. Sure, you know, yeah, do- but that's how it like it doesn't. It works that way in the extreme, but it also works that way in the. Uh in the banal, right? Like, like forming good habits is kind of a pain in the ass, but what you do, it's relatively easy to stay on track. You know, it's, it's a hard workout is a hard workout, but once you're done, you feel better. Usually Mm -hmm. sometimes you feel like shit, but, um, you you mentioned before that, um, you know, especially this time you're paying extra careful attention to uh, making sure you're getting the right stuff in your body, making sure you're monitoring things, working out, staying healthy, and blah, 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 because you want to be around for your kids. How's that, what, having the wife and child now, how has that changed your perspective, I guess? Um, and, and, like, I mean, to me, it sounds like you've refocused your purpose just from continuing to exist, which is, in my opinion, kind of a lower-level focus. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that's that's where we as human beings start. Like, just stay alive first and then move on from there. But now you've graduated to this new level of purpose. And I, and I assume, because it's been that way in my life, that uh, the intensity of your purpose has increased as it's changed. This episode is brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code CITIZEN to get 20% off your first order. I recommend joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club, where you'll get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-operated company that supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. They got a mission to hire 10,000 vets. They're opening up stores all over the place, and they could use your support in doing so. In, in exchange for that, you're going to get the best coffee in the world. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, uh, whether you like light, dark, medium, whatever. Right. And then they have the ECS, you know, with specialty blends as well. Choose the delivery style, right? Whether you want whole bean coffee that you can grind yourself, ground coffee, or coffee rounds that work, work with a Keurig. And you get to choose your delivery schedule every uh, week, every other week, every month, whatever you want, right? So members, in addition to that, get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts with companies like Leopold, uh, 511, all sorts of great stuff. So get 20% off your first order using the code CITIZEN. Go to blackriflecoffee.com today and get those deals next up. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. You know them, you love them. They've been with us forever. Right now, Ghostbed is offering a 40% discount on Ghostbed bundles if you buy a mattress and an adjustable base together. And then anything else you buy with that, also 40% off. So if you're looking to upgrade your bedroom or buy a new thing or you got moving into a new house, you just want to do some new stuff, take the opportunity now get 40% off all that stuff. If you're just looking to piece things together and get one or two things, you're going to get 30% off everything else if you use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. You can get a mattress for like 35 bucks a month 
with their zero down, 0% financing plan that now extends up to 60 months. That's five years, folks. They get the best beds, the best pillows, the best mattresses. Uh, the, the adjustable base is great. It's very functional. Um, the sheets are great. Everything is great. Love it. I take the, the pillows with me when I go on uh, trips now for work. So that should tell you how good it is because I'm actually paying to travel with my ghost pillow. Um, so go get those deals. We love these guys. Uh, been with them a long time. You know how quality they are. You can go read the reviews on the website anytime you want. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Absolutely. So the first thing for me is um, not not to have a son and obviously wife. You know, I biggest thing for me is leading by example and what I do and 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 and, and what they see when they watch me. Uh, so for me, that is first first and foremost. You know, our healthy lifestyle, how we eat, how we how we do things, uh, how I train. You know, Cade, my son, kid's name's Cade. You know, I will be bringing him to the gym so he knows proper technique, proper like why I do what I do. I want him to get that, that mentality, that mental toughness at like a young age, you know, and to see his dad, um, achieving these things, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want him to have, um, I want him to have a reason. Um, and I want him to enjoy, um, having something to enjoy growing up that mm-hmm. not be, you know, eating fast food, you know, sit in front of TV, you know, his whole, his whole, you know, his whole childhood growing up. I want him to, um, see what it is to build a strong mindset sure. and same, same with his mother, uh, uh, Ensley, she, she competes heavy in, 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 uh, in bodybuilding. So she's, uh, she's a bikini competitor. So she is very meal prepped orientated. And so she's always eating very clean, even cleaner than me, honestly, in most instances. Uh, so with Kate having, you know, his parents, um, like the way we are, the way we eat, the way we focus on, um, physical fitness, um, phys- uh, being physically and mentally strong. I, I think, you know, once we show him that, you know, it'll open doors for him as well. And I want him just, <laughs> uh, no, no, know that his parents wanted him to, you know, grow up, uh, healthy and successful. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I would me, say, I mean, I look, I'm not, I don't have any kids myself, but, uh, this is common fucking sense i i we grew up around people like this um the kids whose parents let them do whatever they wanted to do all the time were miserable and depressed and anxious and nihilistic about everything like this i I don't know where this idea came from that just letting people do whatever they want as children and uh, is somehow going to produce like a good person later on in life or somebody that's even not forget about good or bad, just well adjusted to life and capable. Like you wouldn't do that. If, if you do that with a, with a working dog, with like an Australian shepherd, that dog is going to be a crazy piece of shit all the time. It's going to be mm-hmm. in trouble all the time getting into yep. stuff. And I'm look, kids and dogs <clears throat> are, are pretty far apart, but psychologically speaking, the way we learned about classical conditioning is from, training dogs right that's how psychologists learned about that stuff like it wasn't it was some of the methodology was pretty brutal unfortunately but we did learn quite a bit from it and look it's not this isn't rocket surgery here you give people clear guidelines uh, on what's good and what's not and you give them the tools to make good decisions in the future you can't do that here's what you don't want to do is let the television do that work for you because 
it worked okay maybe for a little while in the 70s with Sesame Street, but now it's just a delivery device for whatever these lunatics out here want to pump into your kids' brains. You know what I mean? Whether it be, it's not just all the social stuff, although that is very problematic, but it's like uh, the the advertisements for shitty cereal that's got a bunch of sugar in it and, and uh, sitting around playing video games all day or becoming obsessed with the uh, with YouTube and watching people on YouTube do stuff instead of actually going out into the world and learning a skill. You know what I mean? Like this stuff is poison for a child's mind. Really is, man, especially because, you know, all that shit became popular, you know, what, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. to finally coming, coming to with YouTube and social media kind of getting big and whatnot, you know, and so you see this change in our population. Um, it's just, <laughs> oh, I don't want my son and growing growing up in it and I hate it, man. But I mean, there's, there's not, you know, nothing crazy that you do about it. You know, it's just, hopefully he just builds, you know, the good, good habits. And so that's the best thing that I can do. And, and obviously his mom can do and just show him good habits, build it. And hopefully, you know, turns out. Okay. Yeah. But I think a lot of parents get kind of discouraged because all this shit's around, but to be honest, you should see it as uh, a good thing, in my opinion, because there is a very weak field of competition out there for your child now. Like, you don't have to do very much to make that kid better than all these other kids. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be successful in life because they're being trained to do certain things that other people aren't going to be trained to do. And it's not like you're putting them through boot camp or any bullshit like that. It's just like basic human being stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's the biggest thing is just put them in you know a good environment and yeah just raise them to the best of my ability and you know hope it works out no i yeah i'm very uh, yeah i'm hens and i talk about it all the time you know how we want to be raised and, and whatnot so and how we hate things growing up inside of but yeah you're, you're you're completely right about you know just raising them proper and he's gonna be better than you know 99% of the kids out there, which, which sucks to say, really terrible to say because but that's just the way our society is now. Mm. It's fast food, fucking watch these, watch TV, cartoons, and don't go outside. Don't, don't, you know, participate in any, you know, activities, make you tired. And then you got these diseases that are coming up, you know, my son's this or that, this and that. Is, is he? Why? Is he because, you know, 100 pounds overweight? Why? Why is that? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I, I know what you, I know what, I know what you mean for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talk about, um, the foundation of this show, we kind of explore different principles that I think are important to, um, you know, secure what we all kind of enjoy, which is like safe civilization and personal liberty, I think is what most people kind of want. Um, and, <clears throat> One of them is um, that I'll put more into the country than I take out of it. It's kind of like a you know the old Boy Scout phrase: "Leave things better than what you found it." Um, and I wonder, from your perspective, you know, what comes to your mind when you think about putting more into your environment than you take out of it? Well, I think it comes down to um, how you want the world to run in the next you know ten, fifteen years. What are you can do to help it like let's say for instance for me you know the biggest thing for me like help our world is you know talk about the struggle that I've, I've been through and the resilience that you know i've had to bounce back from to continue doing what i love to do and having family to have and um and to give another give others you know the hope uh in this world and 
you know, hope, pray that, you know, it, it, uh, clicks with, with, with other people and then they want to turn around and do the same thing. You know, they want to battle back their demons and they want to, um, continue doing well, good in this world for our world, because the path that our world is you know, moving towards, it's, it's pretty scary, honestly. Um, and I, I have no idea what the future, you know, looks like. I just don't because of how fast, uh, you know, technology is, 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 is coming and, um, just, just everything. It's, it's, it's really crazy, uh, and mind boggling, honestly. Um, so I just, for me, I just, I, I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing and, uh, try to help as many people as I can to hopefully help the world, you know, in, in the future. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the easiest thing that people can do is to be a net positive for society. Right. And then, you know, once you become a leader, whether it's, um, a parent or you're in charge of somebody at a workplace or even just, you know, a, I hate to reduce it to this, but like a click leader in your friend group or something, some pe- somebody that other people look to for, um, guidance, advice or whatever, you know, wh- whether, you, whether you wanted that, position or not with a parent, I hope, <laughs> hopefully you wanted it. But the other thing is whether you wanted yeah. that position or not, it's like, once it's there, it's time to step the fuck up, man. We don't have time for this <laughs> bullshit. Um, exactly. Yep. You know, I'm, I think that, um, it's, I think it's really interesting to unpack that though, why that works, because it's kind of the, it's kind of the underlying ideology behind the show. So a citizen is somebody who, has the rights and responsibilities of a member of a, of a state or country, right? So uh, we spend a lot of time discussing our rights and bitching about them and how they're being violated. And, you know, I to me, I always ask the question, it's like, it's like your kid comes up to you and says, hey, I can't find my shoes. Like, all right, did you look for them? Because if I go find them, we're going to have a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, but it's when people tell me, when I see people bitching about the rights, I'm like, all right, fair enough. What have you done exactly to secure those rights? Because that's your responsibility as an American citizen to do that, right? I mean, that's that's kind of how this whole thing works. And if you don't do it, then it doesn't happen. Or you certainly can't bitch about it when it goes away. I feel like people are just sitting back, not not doing anything, honestly. Literally, there's, I hear everyone, yeah, like you said, bitching. And nobody is doing anything about it. They're just, they're just, they say it and that's it. All right. But no one's stepping up. That's kind of how I see it. Um, and that's, you know, kind of like the next one, one of the other principles is, um, no, whatever, no matter where I am, I'll be a leader and leaders eat last. Right. So it's kind of two things at once. So the first one is, you know, regardless of what you want to do, the realization that, leadership is required from you in some capacity. Otherwise you're a net negative for society. I think that's an important realization for people to have. And some people see it as daunting, like, Oh, I don't want the pressure of being a leader. It's like, it's not, it's not that it's not the pressure. It's the, it's the, like you're, it's an honor to be able to do these things. Um, Sure. There's stress, there's pressure. I mean, I I can't imagine it's easy being a parent, uh, particularly, I'm sure you're going to discover this at some point, but particularly when your kid's a fucking teenager, that's going to be a nightmare, but you know, yeah. it's still your job to, to make sure they turn out to be the best person that you can, that you can create. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But I, I do think we also get the wrong idea about what leadership is too. Um, 
leadership isn't just like giving orders to people no. or, and you know, this from the military, what, what are you, you're in uh, uh, security forces in the air force. Yeah, I was security forces. I actually just uh, medically retired out um, June 21st mm-hmm. of this year. Okay. So you were an NCO, you were an NCO in the air force. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, we, we have this and bad leaders in the military do this. They, they give orders, they punish the disobedient. Sometimes they reward the obedient, but that's not really what it is. Right. I mean, it's, it's, your job as a leader is to create new leaders. It's to force multiply, right? So that you can, you, you create someone who can take work off of your plate so you can do more work. And then they, you teach them to do the same thing, right? You're building a pyramid. It's the, yep. it's, it's the way it's supposed well, to work. Yeah. Lead, lead by example. You know, I, I had a lot of airmen under me. And so that was the biggest thing for me. You know, if I couldn't say it, I hope you were watching, you know, and, uh, and, and um, just, watch watching me do my job you know so hopefully i'd have to tell you how to do your job you were watching you kind of learned it um and then obviously like what are you doing off duty like what are you doing to make yourself better when you're not at work um and you know it was it was actually very humbling to see individuals start training because i was training you know go and start say for crossfit and they were like, hey, what gym do you go to? I'm like, yeah, I do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And then now following me, they're going to that CrossFit gym or they're going to, to a CrossFit gym. And, you know, or I'm, you know, they're asking me like what movements I do, like advice in the gym. I got that a lot. Um, so that was a, that was pretty cool for me. I, I, uh, you know, you, you don't really think of yourself as a leader per se, but you do, <laughs> you do two things that a leader would, would do um, just because that's just, that's what you're taught. It's mm-hmm. uh, like ingrained, ingrained in your, in your brain, you know, I'm just, all right, you know, follow me, you know, follow me if you want, you know, because for me, when I was a young airman, I was looking for that mentor, you know, I was looking for that individual who knew, knew their shit. They were high speed as fuck. And like, mm. they were cool. You know, I, I watched how they, um, how they acted, uh, how they talked to others, what they did in their off time. Um, you know, and if they were like, they were a shitty person, you know, I don't want any of that. I don't want to be any be around any of that. Mm. Uh, probably wouldn't want to talk to you much unless it was about the job. And I just kind of, I uh, floated to the you know, individual who, who to me, uh, was a leader, and I wanted as a mentor. You know, not not not, not I didn't necessarily tell him that I wanted. You know, hey, you're, you're my mentor. You know, but uh, I'll, who I looked up to and, and wanted to be like, and so I just tried to do that in my career uh, in, in in the Air Force and. Um, I had a lot of airmen, you know, once I was, you know, NCO look up to me and, and, uh, ask for advice and, mm-hmm. um, just love to be around me. And so it was, it was really cool. You know, I didn't have to yell much, you know, I had to yell, I didn't yell much, like you're doing your job sweet, you know, you know, unless they really, really fuck up and then you kind of have to, you know, yell at them a little bit or to tell them what, you know, what, what, can't fucking do that, dude. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, I, yeah. Leadership is, uh, um, pretty cool thing. And, um, I, I, I loved, uh, the impact that I, that I made when I could, when I was Terry. So. Yeah. So it's not just about, um, you know, I, I like to unpack these things just cause I, I like to understand how, uh, things work, I guess, from a structural standpoint, you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know, you should do the right thing. Um, 
And then, you know, to, you should always ask why, obviously. Why do the right thing? Well, because it's the right thing. That's not really an answer, is it? That's like, do what I say because I said so. You Like, if you're... Most of yeah, Most of the NCOs. <laughs> yeah, you can't... You can't... That's not like... Uh, you're, you're not building new leaders. Like, if, if you give somebody a piece of the plan, but you don't under... They, they don't understand the entire scope of the operation then they will do only what you've told them to do, but they won't be able to flex and do and, and adjust to scenarios and make good decisions, you know, mm-hmm. absent central leadership. So it's not just about this idea of right and wrong, some like ephemeral scale of ethics and justice, uh, but it's about making sure that the people around you know that you're an honorable person. You know what I mean? Knowing that you're going to do the right. It's, it's, it's sometimes less about even doing the right thing and the confidence that other people have in you to know that you're going to do it. You know what I mean? Um, because that's, that's the foundation that the trust between people, uh, really resides in and in combat, it's particularly, uh, important because I've got to know that when we go through the door, you're checking the wall that I ignored on my way in. You know what I mean? Because if not, I'm getting shot in the back of the head and I, I would prefer to not have that happen. So, that's a lot of trust to place in people. And I think, uh, you know, folks with my experience and, 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 you know, your experience, we get, you see these people get out of the military and feel like their service is over. And I, and I suppose in some way the formal service is over, but the real service has just begun. Like you, you've, I consider getting out of the military almost like graduating with a, with a fucking PhD in, how to perform in chaos, right? Because most people will never know how to do it. Because uh, you just don't experience chaos from in a controlled environment and then in a less controlled environment as a as a way of life. Most people will never experience that. And you know, it's it, to me, it's very important that we reframe the discussions we have about military veterans and what it is they need exactly when they get out because i don't think it's coddling i don't think it's like oh you did a great job buddy uh congratulations you can go take a you can go take a nap now like fuck that that's not how is that going to work for anybody you know i think one of the biggest things is this like when you get out you lose that structure that you've had your entire career uh you lose kind of um your path, like your jaw, like what you're doing and you're the brothers who you're and sisters who you're doing it with. Uh, you don't necessarily have them around anymore. So I, th- I think that mentally definitely fucks people. Mm. I know for me, it was definitely weird and different, not thrown on a uniform every day, you know, my, and, uh, and having a sense of purpose. Um, it's just, it takes time to then get into the, 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 the new world of now you're a civilian and um, now you got to kind of, figure out what you know your next your next path is uh, your next journey um so i like when you when you go on deployments <clears throat> you get this you know you connect with your brothers and sisters like to a level that nobody really understands you know the 99 percent people out, out there don't understand what you go through but like it's life or death for you you know when you deployed out there like you said, you're going to watch that, you know, you're going to check that wall, you know, when I, when, if I miss it. Uh, so you build this connection and then once you're out of the military, okay, that is, that's it in a sense, no gone. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard for people to, um, you know, get, 
get through that. Uh, I mean, obviously most do eventually, but then obviously they, I mean, sometimes it always sticks with them, you know, the transition is, is hard. That's why we are, um, I know the VA is working extremely hard to figure it out and to get, you know, to keep these veterans, to keep, you know, these, yeah, yeah, veterans, keep them, you know, um, get them back in the community, get them back with, you know, brother, brothers and sisters and, um, you know, getting them, uh, comfortable again because yeah, it's really weird uh, getting out and, you know, even myself, you know, going through the, the medical that I went through, you know, even getting out was hard, was hard on me as well. Um, because when you're in the military, you, you have a certain time, you know, you got to get the work and you're, you're on a military installation always. Right. Um, you always have leaderships there, you know, you're, you got your, <laughs> you got your chief, you got your, you know, your, uh, fight chief, whatever, you know, you got commander and whatnot. And, <laughs> Um, your chain of command and when you get out you're just, it's just it's different um people don't quite understand that so a lot you know a lot of vet, vet veterans go through a lot of you know depression and it's not their fault at all you know it's just just is what it is it's, it's hard so the va is working extremely hard to kind of figure it out and try to you know to help help them as much as they can yeah um yeah uh i mean the va kind of sucks at it to be honest but you know it, they, they, they are I trust me. I'm, I'm going. I, I, I'm the VA system now, and yeah. so I. They are trying. They are working a lot harder than what what it was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> since 2013 or 14 or so. Uh, yeah. So it's like one of the things I'd like to tell people is like you, we we don't need to train military veterans to become normal again because one that's not going to happen. Like you can't you can't experience this and be trained on this stuff. And then, no, de- man. and then deploy and execute like that. So different. So yeah, yeah. people won't understand, but yeah. sorry. I mean, no, you. it's fine. Uh, yeah, we don't, it's, there's no, it, it's not even a matter of normal. There's just no going back, right? You can't unring that bell. No. Uh, but even if you could, it wouldn't benefit anybody to do it. You know, it's, we don't, we don't need to coddle them or treat them like they're broken or any yeah. stupid bullshit. It's like, exactly. we need to train these people to use their leadership skills to benefit society. I don't just mean in the business community. There's a million uh, nonprofits out there that train dudes and and women who've just gotten out of the military and how to leverage their leadership skills into the business community. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about carrying that chest out leadership style into your regular life, into your family, into your daily stuff, and, and tailoring it for a new audience that by the way desperately needs that leadership we that the the problem in america isn't one political party or another it's not one foreign country or another it's no leadership no accountability and there can't be accountability without leadership you know what i mean so that's that that if you if you want to make your country better this is how we do it. we have this entire crop of millions of people right who have a very specific experience that is perfect to solve some of the issues that we have right now. And instead of, you know, honing that experience and skill into a tool to use to fix these things, we treat these people like they're fucking broken, sad sacks, just, oh man, I feel so bad for you. Like, don't feel bad for me, dude. I can fucking kick this door right off the goddamn hinges right now. I don't need you to feel bad for me. You know what I mean? It's just like that that shift in in mindset about how we deal with these problems. And I think it's something that, you know, people that go through extreme struggle find in their own lives. Like at some point it clicks and you're like, oh, this sucks, but I can turn this into something. You know what I mean? 
that's kind of how it works. It is 100%. Yeah, I yeah, I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. My mm-hmm. story, I'm like, I, I'm here, you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm here where I'm at. I worked hard. Like, don't feel bad for me. Um, I love my story. You know, it it it, it, it has blessed me with belief. Um, I met, you know, my wife. My I had a son. I life's life's good, man. And uh, I would literally would not take it back. I would take leukemia every time. Mm. So, as strange as that sounds, but. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like you have no idea what life would be like if things had gone differently, you know? Yep. Um, well, this has been a good chat today. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on. appreciate your time. Um, sure. it's a very, for, right. yeah, for sure. I always like talking to people who have gone through extreme shit, you know what I mean? Because the perspective is always different. It's um, like anything else in life. Um it's going to make or break you. Right. And then the decision of whether it makes or breaks you is ultimately yours. I, I think that's something that people need to understand. I mean, there's a lot of platitudes out there about this shit about how, uh, Oh, fucking it'll make you tougher and blah, blah, blah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, people are pretty resilient already if they just shut the fuck up and, and deal with stuff. I mean, look, our ancestors who were quite a bit dumber than us, by the way. And I mean that like literally the IQ average IQ has risen quite a bit over the last like 200 years. Um, oh, yeah quite a bit dumber than us. We're able to do stuff that we can't imagine doing just because they fucking did it. Um, so, you know, maybe take that into consideration if you're out there and you're wondering if you're, if you're feeling unfulfilled in life, um, it's because you're not putting enough in or you're putting it somewhere. It shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're giving your time and attention to shit that isn't benefiting you and benefiting other people. And I think the best way to, to course correct is, to stop focusing on yourself and your problems and, you know, maybe identify a larger problem or someone else's problem and try to solve that. Cause that's typically how we find our way out of these dark places. Um, I, yeah, again, I appreciate you coming on today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we get out of here? And just, if you're, if you're having a rough day, you know, you're feeling, you know, down, you know, like what you're saying, you know, you've got these problems going on because we all do. Right. You just gotta, you gotta wake up. You gotta just take it one day at a time. Look, look yourself in the mirror and just fucking keep, keep moving forward. Cause that's the biggest thing, man, you can do. I know when I went through what I was going through, it was fucking hard. It was, you know, get out of bed was hard. And I was saying to myself, like, hey, man, like, you ain't, you ain't gonna go anywhere. You just lay here, get, like, get, get, get out of this bed and just fucking go put in an hour or two at the gym, you know, get your mind right and then start your day, you know? You know, you don't have to be a crazy fitness enthusiast. Just go and get your blood moving, get your mind right, build that, build that, uh, that, that, uh, that mindset stronger, um, and go and fucking win the day, man. You know, and just continue doing that. You know, one one step at a time each day. Just keep moving forward. That's what. That's kind of what I have. Cool. Yeah. Um, what you got? Anything uh, coming down the pipe that people should be looking out for? Books, uh, appearances, videos, anything? Uh, yeah, I, uh, let's see here. Um, I actually, um, was just on, um, was on, uh, the panel for, uh, Jennifer Griffin, uh, when her show, for, uh, uh, Fox news, it'll be airing, um, the 19th of, of this month, uh, yeah, 19th of this month. Uh, and I kind of go over my story and, uh, it's not just my story, but we have, uh, 
five others who, who talk about their story, what they've been through, um, and you know uh, what they did to get themselves physically, mentally ready for like Invictus Games or mm-hmm. Warrior Games, and uh, and not only that, but then we have another panel that talks about you know mental health and what these individuals have gone through uh, to overcome that. Um, uh, and that, so yeah, that'll be aired on Fox News um, with Jennifer Griffin, uh, November nineteenth. So then, if you want to. I think that's called the Wounded Warrior Experience or something yeah, like that. Sorry, yeah, yep. Yep. Wounded Warrior Experience. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, what we've gone through and, you know, what we overcame uh, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think y'all y'all will enjoy it for sure. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. It's a very interesting conversation. Um, uh, what's what you say? I said, I yeah, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, anytime. And uh, let everybody know where they can find you on the Internet and shit. So you uh, you just type type in Matt Cable on the internet mm. uh, Matt Cable Titan Games you, uh, for Instagram you can uh, type in um, Matt Cable underscore and um, you know I, I, I like to lift I like to lift heavy sometimes mm. and, uh, uh, CrossFit's kind of my, my jam and uh, I, like, I like to compete so I mean if y'all want to hop my page and check out you know some competitions or you know if you ever have any questions uh, I'm always open for you know uh, messages you guys can message me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can and yeah, that's about it sweet. Yeah, I, I encourage you all to do that. Very inspirational, dude. I appreciate your time today and all the uh, information and, 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 you know, just perspective. Appreciate you, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, and appreciate all of you for listening. This has been Citizen. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time from an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.